Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 142. 142 of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your DMV sports podcast. Happy New Year, listeners. Happy New Year, Jerry. How are you, man? Happy New Year, my man. What a great sports like day January 1st was with the college football. I got to tell you, bro. So we did this podcast last week after uh, the West Virginia game and Virginia Tech games. Both, both teams were successful, so that was good for our, our family units and our history and everything else. And uh, then going into the weekend, it was all about the Terps and then all about the big-time games. You had Ohio State in Missouri. You had uh, Georgia, Florida State, and then you had the big dogs playing and the NFL. I mean, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was great, man. I had so I had so much fun watching all the football. I am it, so fat right now. <laughs> I weighed myself the other day. You know, I'm just laying in my bed. you have bed. to do a double take at well, the scale? Just, no, I, I kind of expected it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't surprised. You can feel it, right? Well, you know, I'm laying in my bed, and I'm like, wow, my stomach's sticking out a little bit more than it normally does, you know? Like, I'm not, you're not moving around very well, um, and I'm just like, I don't, want to, I don't even want to get on the scale. And when I got on the scale, I was like, all right, here we go. So I'm, Holly has issued me a challenge. I go to Dunkin' every day. Okay. In the morning. That's my routine. Now, food, drinks, or both? I get a large iced latte. Mm-hmm. And Which I, are absolutely delicious, by the way. Yes. And then I get these omelet bites. Oh, yeah. Right? Those things are fucking good, man. But I probably spend $5 million. Me and Ben Affleck are the two guys that keep dunking on. <laughs> and so I have decided two things. I mean, I'm on a diet. Well, I do that every New Year's. But I'm going every other day now. There you go. To see if that, you know, and I got to tell you, the first day I didn't go, I was going through some withdrawals. I'm sure. I had like a headache. I'm sure. Yeah. It's a moderation, I think, is always the best New Year's resolution when everybody's like, that's it, going to the gym every day. Dude, just be a little bit better. Right. Either take take a few little things away, add a couple good habits, see how they work out after the first few weeks. If you don't see any appreciable results, I don't blame you if you get frustrated. (laughs) You know, I want to be happy too. But with that said, I had a great time. Um, and sports-wise, I was very impressed with Maryland in the bowl game. So let's get into it, man. So, so you know, kind of starting off the weekend were the, the Terps, um, and they played on Saturday, and they were six-point dogs to Auburn, um, Music City Bowl. And, dude, I got to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised with the turnout. Auburn definitely uh, showed out on their side a bit more, as you would expect, right? Yeah, yeah they're but in the SEC. But Maryland did not look poorly on their side. Um, there was fans in the upper deck. Similar to the the Mayo Bowl for for WVU, um, so I think the Music City Bowl they, they they came out with a statement that said it was one of the best attended bowls that they've had in the last ten years, right. and that's always been a pretty good one. So I'm just I'm I'm proud of Maryland for going there. Um, obviously, no Talia, uh, no Tarheeb Still, um, no Jay Sean Barham, amongst others. You know, a few lesser guys that were in the portal. Um, and a couple of my buddies were like, "Hey, great win!" And, but they were like, "Yeah, but you know, Auburn was missing more guys." No, they weren't. Everybody was missing guys. Yeah. Maryland was missing more guys and more significant guys. Bottom line was, you called it best. Auburn doesn't score very well. Mm -mm. And when Maryland came down the field and just kind of, you know, put the pedal to the metal on the first couple drives, my thought was, this is good because we're going to need to hold on. Right. Because once Auburn gets their feet under them, they're going to be able to stop us. Because defensively, I think Auburn's better. So I was with Penn State fans, but so we were. (laughs) I'm very sorry. Yeah. (laughs) We were mainly watching Penn State get drubbed. But how, how great was that, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was secretly like clapping under the table. 
Um, but but I was, you know, we were at a bar, so we were watching both games. And every time, Quincy's? Uh, we were at the Hornet's Nest because Quincy's nice. doesn't open. Ah, uh, that's right. Note to self. That's if right. I buy the bar, open at 12. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But every time I looked up, Maryland was winning. I mean, was getting ready to score. So um, basically, my thought was, wow, uh, Loxley had them ready to play. He did. The Maryland players cared more than the Auburn players. Um, and they were mentally in it and stepped up, and Auburn seemed to be sleepwalking. Uh, I don't want to take any credit or, I mean, t- take anything away from the Maryland players because Billy Edwards played well. He did. Um, and, I mean, they got up 21 nothing, And um, I just think that by saying Auburn was missing some players – I just think you're taking the credit away from a good job by Loxley and the and the, and the players for who were there. Mm-hmm. They were one. They wanted to play the fucking game. They did. Um, so no, I was. I, I, I'm glad to hear you say that from a more like neutral perspective because I was. I was pleasantly surprised with how they played. And right. you know me. I'm, I'm usually cautiously optimistic. Like you know, Caps get up early. Terps get up early. I don't get super excited because I've seen this story play out too many times. <laughs> I'm waiting for the other team to push back. And Auburn did push back a little bit in there. Uh, but for the most part, like I said, Maryland first three drives, twenty-one nothing, and that was pretty much a ball game. Yeah, um, I mean, and, I, and, I, I did say, who the fuck is this Auburn quarterback, and what is he? I mean, why he, is he playing? I guess he was the guy all year, right? Well, you know where he came from, right? He came uh, from Michigan State. Oh, really? He left Michigan State before the shit show happened over there, and he was actually the Big Ten. He was like one of the Big Ten players of the year in twenty twenty-one, I believe. Well, his name is Peyton Thorne. That's correct. He was 13 for 27 for 84 yards, yeah. and he had a quarterback rating of 20. So I have not seen dumbass. I've not seen Maryland put pressure on quite like that before. But as you know from having played and coached, when you're playing an opponent that you you, you sense a little blood in the water, right? And yeah. then you get a 21 point lead. Now all of a sudden you're like, hey, that linebacker, go ahead and cheat up a little bit. Sure. You know, go ahead and do this and that. And the speed of the Maryland defense, I think, gave Auburn fits. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I don't think they were expecting the quality play from the secondary with Maryland missing guys. Um, and I wasn't either. Um, right. And the guy who's going to step in for still uh, Fisher had a pick six. Um, so I mean, it, it, all the role players for Maryland did their job, and it's easier to do that when you get a nice lead. Um, which is why I am with you. I think Loxley gets a lot of credit for getting them prepared, getting them to care, and mm-hmm. being organized because those first couple drives, Jerry, were, were quite impressive. They were good, yeah. And uh, the kid Cam Edge, the freshman, came in. I don't know if you saw, but uh, I don't know who he is. So he was a four star, um, mm-hmm. but obviously sitting behind Edwards and, and Talia. He threw a couple passes in the Towson game early in the year. So he comes in, he's a big kid, he's like 6'4, looks the part. You know, he's a four-star quarterback. You know, they don't grow on trees. And uh, first play, handoff. Second play, play action. Up top to pray there for like 60 yards down to the five-yard line. Right. Next play, little out pattern touchdown. And he came in later and, and had some nice plays. So it's not like they just went, hey, Billy Edwards, go run off script all game. Right. Which he did quite a bit of, and I think that gave Auburn fits. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Maryland is a better team, and they were more prepared to play. They wanted to play. They were excited to play, and Auburn didn't seem to be, and uh, it showed. It did. It did. Um, bowl games are weird right now because they of the portal, yeah. because of people opting out. So unless you're one of the big four, it's really hard to evaluate unless you know the teams. Obviously, I know Maryland. You know Maryland very well. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
we as college football fans know enough about Auburn being a big SEC school. I thought um, they would be able to stop Maryland's offense. I thought so, too. Now, they did, after the 21-7, it did get a little stagnant there for a while. Mm-hmm. Maryland had trouble getting the yards and everything else. But I think at that point, I think the, con- the playbook became conservative right. for Maryland as I well. Was looking, I'd be looking to go to Broadway and get yeah. to the bars. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, hey, go Terps. Great work. Way to, way to close out the season. Um, and they did the Big Ten proud because the Big Ten did not show itself very <laughs> no, well they in the did bowl not. games. Um, um, but I'll tell you this. Can we, let's move to the 29th and some of the other bowls. Okay. Um, the Fiesta Bowl was Auburn – I'm sorry, was Oregon versus Liberty. And as I'm watching that game, this is why non-Power 5 schools should never be part of the playoff. I'm with you. And I know everybody loves the Cinderella story. Sure. But, damn. Piss off all the JMU listeners out I, there. I get it. <laughs> but they can't compete, no. even if they're undefeated. Yep. They cannot compete with a top 10 Power 5 team. It's going to be a bloodbath. You and know? it was. And I mean, it was it was forty five to six. Um, Bo Nix was basically playing backwards. Mm-hmm. They they just look. Like, it looks like it looks like Dematha playing. You know Sherwood, right? That type of you yeah, know yeah, that yeah, yeah. Ty- they they have good players in their own right. Yeah, that's a right? really good analogy. Kind of but, like, well, they're both high school football yeah, teams. They're both college one, football but, teams. But one one has three hundred and twenty pound linemen, and the other one has two hundred and forty pound linemen. Right. You know they're they're good. Right, but but you're just going to get mashed, and it's just not going to be competitive because it's it's not fair, right? Um, so I'm hoping that politics aside and PR stuff aside, when they go to the um, the the playoffs next year, I hope they don't think they have to put in one of these teams just because they went undefeated, right? Playing in their 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 own conference because. That game's going to be a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And I understand everybody wishes the possibility. And maybe one out of 50 times it will. But 49 times it's going to be great. I get Liberty. And if I'm Texas, it's going to be a bloodbath. Right. You so, actually get to sit some of your guys, get them a little right. rest. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's clear what's going to happen. Like right. with Florida State. It's clear what's going to happen. Everybody predicted they were going to get destroyed. So so let's move on to that because I made the point that by the the, the letter of the law, Florida State got screwed, right? But we both agreed. If you're the committee, your goal is to put the best four teams currently as they match up in the final four to to really encourage a a competitive, you know, semifinal and then final. Um, And part of the criteria was who on your roster is playing. And the right. fact that Will Travis was out was the deciding factor. I think and, if he would have played, they still would have lost by twenty eight. And, and that's very possible. Yeah. But at that point, you really don't have as much of No, you can't a, you can, a, no, if he was there, if he played, he they would have been in the four. A hundred percent. And nobody and I, I wouldn't have had a problem with exactly. it. Exactly. So everybody out there that was bitching and moaning and screaming, including Florida State, I mean just shut up. The the proof right. the proof was there on the field. Any and that game was embarrassing. Right. Without their quarterback. Anybody that thought they should have been in the four, final four, I thought was pretty stupid. They were just making arguments because it was the niche thing to do, sure, and they wanted to, you mm-hmm. know, appear to be fair. But in their heart, if they knew anything about football, they knew this was going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see sixty-three to three, um, but um, it, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was forty to three. Right, right. That's what you know, sort of yeah. what I was thinking. But 
Um, you know, sometimes these two games just sometimes it's not that hard, man. No. It's right in front of you. The correct answer is yep. right in front of you. It might not be the fair answer, but the correct answer is right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, so Georgia laid the smack down on Florida State, as was predicted, and that's why Florida State was not in the Final Four. Um, so before we get to the Final Four, let's uh, let's go ahead and put the rest of the Big Ten to bed real quick. So Ohio State absolutely was a shell of themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I watched that game with my neighbor at Bryce. It was brutal. So, Gabe, if you're listening, bro, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to rehash this for you. He was beside himself, and he was making no excuses. Right. And he was like, I'm tired of all this. Oh, this guy's not playing. He goes, we are the fucking Ohio State. How are these our backups? Exactly. He's like, this is not fucking good enough, you know? And then salt in the wound a little bit the next day was Maryland playing their backups. And he's like, well, why don't we have these fucking backup guys, you know? And, and so, but the bottom line is they, they had a very poor effort against Missouri. Um, awful, awful primetime game, by the way, for ESPN. That was a bad game. That was, that was terrible. Um, and then, like you said, the following day, you had Penn State Ole Miss, which on paper, number 10 versus number 11, the majority of each squads guys are there they're their key guys and i mean really wasn't even that competitive no the score is closer than the actual game. i completely agree penn state was getting murdered <clears throat> i'm and surprised they gave up as many plays as they did because we we've watched penn state a couple times together offensively they're pretty anemic they're young their quarterback's a true freshman i get right. all that shit but they can their defense is nasty old miss absolutely ran through them I'm so sick of fucking Lane Kiffin celebrating every touchdown like he just won the national championship. So for me, that was a great game as a neutral observer because I hate James Franklin. Right. I hate Penn State. I hate Lane Kiffin. I just I don't give a shit about so Ole Miss. So fucking but I annoying, hate man. Hate Lane Kiffin. You, get, so, you 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 score on third and one like like you run you're in the ball one yard and you score and you go up to and you're jumping up and down like you just fucking won. I know. You know the lottery. To me, Relax, that shows. Bro. Actually, there's a little bit of bad blood between he and Franklin, so I think that was a little bit of a grudge match for Lane, which is <laughs> I mean, why he, he was so emphatic. He's a straight-up dick. Oh, he's a complete know. dick, you know? So that was great. That was the battle of uh, two unlikable coaches. Right. Um, and uh, as a Big Ten fan, I obviously want my conference to do well. I mean, I'm pulling for Ohio State, and I'm pulling for Penn State because right. I, I want those more marquee – matchups to look good at the end of the season and they just weren't yeah um, it was a it was a definitely a bad all right so those were the stinkers and those were you know kind of your recap and those were the appetizers because the main course was monday and i don't want to sound like an old man but goddamn that fucking second game ran late it i was gonna say holy that, i went to bed at 14 14 i couldn't stay up anymore oh jerry i i was bloodshot eyes on tuesday at work yeah. like and i didn't really party i just my i was so goddamn tired so game one alabama michigan did not disappoint went to overtime and the better team won michigan was the better team i, I agree with you i um, the reason i think alabama took the lead now they played really very well defense on in the second half certainly uh but the fucking special teams miscues that michigan was having i mean that long snapper i mean the, the snapper can't snap a field goal on a punt um, they can't catch punts. Nope. Uh, two muffs, one of which almost would have been the worst play in college football. Well, dude, that guy was about to Bill Buckner that game. Yes. In, in, at the end. There. I, mean, I mean, that was that was horrid. If and he, I had to do a double check to make sure his forward progress kept him out of the end he, zone. Yeah. But it did. Barely. Barely. But it did. I mean, no, he, it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was legit. But, man, that was a close call. So we go to overtime, right? And it's a great game. See, my daughters, we were all watching it together. And they were bored out of their mind because it was defense. I loved it. I loved it. You know, I love the punts and I love the field position game. Were they like, uh, Dad? When are they going to score? They're kind of boring. <laughs> um, but 
so we got you get the overtime. Um, I did feel that Michigan was the better team. Like mm-hmm. they they were hurting themselves. Um, I did feel like the Alabama quarterback was outmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Bill. Everybody got offended because Bill O'Brien told him maybe he should play something else. And as he was playing, I was like, he should play something else. He's a running back that can throw occasionally, mm-hmm. but it was pretty clear that he was confused as to um, what the coverages were and yeah. where the ball was supposed to go. And he's playing a legit defense. I mean, oh we yeah, no, 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 Michigan's no. D yeah. is just like next level. I mean, level. I don't, I don't want to say he's incompetent. I'm just saying, yeah, he's more of a runner, and I think they understood that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, he still got off some runs. He did, um, he, he, dude. So he made he, some dangerous plays. Absolutely. Uh, it's, in terms of being a college quarterback, he's at Alabama, and he'll win a lot of games at Alabama. I'm just saying, at the next level. Um, you're not a. He's not even close to being a pro. Completely agree with you. But nonetheless, you go to you go to overtime, and then in overtime, Michigan scores fairly easily <laughs> with their uh, with their man running back Blake Corum. Yeah, the guy <laughs> looks like he's 35 years old. <laughs> but um, you know, but I mean, he's I like him. Oh, I do too. Right? Yeah, super likable. I don't think classy he, guy. He he reminds me of Ezekiel Elliott because just of his running he's a he's got low center of gravity and he's pretty you know he's pretty tough to tackle and he's forceful i don't think he's got much of a pro future i don't either but uh for a college player he's obviously phenomenal oh great college running back then you get to the you know alabama sort of they'll make a big play then they'll go back five yards and so so it's it's first or fourth and three and I'm like, all right, well, this is sort of like a two-point conversion mm-hmm. area. So you're going to run what you run with a two-point conversion. And when they ran it, my first thought was, that was the worst play call I've ever seen. Um, then I looked at it from, they kept playing, trying to replay. And basically what they did was, is they, they spread you out. They, they spread it out with three wide receivers, four, four wide receivers, I believe. Uh, and then they took the running back and put him in a mo- like ran him out to the flat, yep. put him in motion, mm-hmm. and that cleared a linebacker. Sure. And so what it was supposed to do was supposed to completely lighten the box. You get past the first wave, and the guy waltzes into the end zone because there's no second level, right? All the corners are taken, all the safeties are taken, and linebackers are gone. What I think they forgot was that Michigan was destroying them up front all fucking game. They completely owned the line of scrimmage. So why did they think – and this is what Michael Wilbon was saying. He's like, well, it was a great play, and all you had to do was execute. Yeah, they, had, they can't execute. That left tackle was getting destroyed yeah. all fucking game. And if you're going to block one-on-one, if you're going to expect him to block one-on-one against a guy who's quicker mm-hmm. and he's slanting, you're just an idiot. Right. Right? So, not an idiot, but I, you're, you're just wrong. I would not have run that. I would have, I would have bootlegged him out. Give him a run pass option or or a quick slant, something like that. You got to use the the strong side of the field there and right. let him use his legs to either extend the play, make a play with his arm, or find that little seam and cut it upfield. Now the slot, they would have. I think that that play would have been ideal if it was fourth and goal from the eight. Yeah, when you have more room, a hundred percent. They they took they took all of the element of surprise of that play away with how close they were to the end zone, and like you said, the. Michigan defensive line pretty much had their way all right. all game. Yeah, it was the it was the freshman left tackle who was a pro prospect. Oh, of course, but he was getting abused all pretty much all game one on one, and it, I just thought it was kind of fool's gold to think that one play he could block that guy. Yep, you know, especially when they know it's fourth down. There's nobody in the backfield, so mm-hmm. it's either going to be a quick throw. I mean, if you're the defensive lineman, you see nobody back there. I'm just aiming for the quarterback. Oh, totally right. I mean, I, there you could sell out at that point because there's no, there's you don't have to worry about anything. That's right. 
Um, and so I thought that was a poor call, but you know I understand you know why they did it. Great fucking game. Great game. I mean, after, great game. After the game was over, I was like, <laughs> guys, you, we just watched a great game. No, that was look, man. Alabama, even in a quote unquote down year for them, with a few underclassmen at key positions and et cetera, et cetera is still so class <laughs> and right. they can hang with anybody in the country and they showed it. Um, and that's the team that beat Georgia. And that, that's what I was hoping to see was the Alabama team that is tougher than people give them credit for. Cause sure. they were, yeah. you know, and yeah, they got knocked off the ball and, and, and had some trouble, but I got to tell you, Jerry, in the second half, I thought Alabama's defensive line gave, um, Michigan's offensive line fits. Oh, absolutely. They, they made great adjustments. They, they really and did. They really shut them they down. They really did. And that, I mean, that made I that thought, game really close. I thought Alabama was going to win going in, you know, with the first five minutes into the fourth quarter. I did too. And I also thought that Alabama was going to score before the game was over because that kicker was, I mean, he was drilling shit. He had a huge leg. Yeah. I thought they, I thought the O coordinator and Saban. It looked like they were not on the same page because right. when they had to punt there at the very end, the the look of disbelief on Saban's face was kind of like, "How didn't we even get close enough to kick a sixty yarder here?" Right? You know, I mean, he he, I think they mismanaged the the end of that game. Um, so let's go to the next game. Yep, Washington beats Texas thirty seven thirty one. I I got to be honest with you, I didn't see the final. Um, the final couple of plays I, I've read about it. Obviously, Michael Penix is a fucking beast, man. He's great, man. He's great. So here's what I'm interested to see. I think Michigan, um, you know, well, Penix in this game threw uh, 29 for 38 for 432 touchdowns, 430 yards in a national semifinal. It's so impressive. His fucking receivers. Oh, I mean, that guy Udozi or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and that then, guy. And then Polk. Where yeah. did Washington get these guys? I mean, these are these are. So I'm going to give Doug a ton of credit for for being on last week and giving the analysis of this game because he I'm, seemed. I'm not giving Doug shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to give him a ton of credit because that is a big human being. <laughs> he's, a, he's a massive man <laughs> <laughs> and a great fucking dude. great guy, man. A great guy. Um, but uh, he he knows those teams better c- considering his pedigree and right. what he's watching and everything else. And he said it, and he goes. Washington's offensive line, he's like, they're no fucking joke. Right. He goes, and those boys will push anybody around. And boy, they were impressive, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, so they're obviously a high-powered offense. Uh, They've won big games. They did. They're not going to be intimidated by Michigan. Nope. They're going to go in and play because they play teams just as good as them. Yep. Uh, The key in that game, I just think if Michigan can clean up the penalties – I don't know if Washington is stout enough defensively in their front seven to stop Michigan. If this is the classic game, and you said it last week, if Alabama can get up on Michigan, they have a chance, and that's what Alabama did. They didn't let Michigan get away. Then they turned the tables a little bit, and Michigan was on their heels. Right. They had to to really you know come back. If that happens in this game, I don't think Michigan's coming back. See, I'm with you. I think Washington's plan is just that. We're going to outscore you. That's right. We're going to score every. Th- Every three out of four times. Yep. You know? Because I don't think, to your point, I agree with you. Washington cannot stop that that front that Michigan has offensively. I don't or think so. You know, JJ yeah. McCarthy for me is a bit of an afterthought in right. this game. Michigan's going to control the offensive, you know, front. Uh, they're going to want to run the ball a ton, and if they can salt it away and frustrate Washington and not give them time to to, to really get their offense clicking, Michigan could win this game thirty-one seventeen. But I just don't know that anybody can stop this Washington offense. I don't know either. You know, they're I mean, damn I, good, man. I, you know, 
they they play out west. I don't see them play a lot, so that's kind of a why I sleep on them. Um, and I just assume Michigan, big bad Michigan, is going to. That's just what I assume. And and I still, when we do our predictions, I still probably will pick Michigan. But man, Washington can score. They can. They, I did not know that their receivers. I knew Penix was good, but I didn't know their receivers were that good. Like they're super athletic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. many fucking options, yeah. man. And everybody's everybody's running like long routes. It's not like he's throwing, you know, little little. I did hear uh, one of the announcers say in the second half when when Washington just carved up Texas play after play, and they said for all you NFL lovers out there, if you haven't seen this team play, he goes Washington plays like a Mike McDaniel Dolphins team. He right. goes, it looks like it looks like a video game draw, drawn up play. You know, it's like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you got three guys open. Um, and that that is the way they play. Um, so, hey, good, good on them. Hey, good on Texas, man. Texas ground that game out and, and found ways to get in the end zone and never let the game get away. Um, and let's be honest, man, they had a chance to win that game. They did. Um and Washington had to hold had to hold serve there at the end defensively, and they did. You know, um, but you, but you know what? I I can't ever say good on Texas because I horns down, baby. Yeah, no, I know you're not a Texas fan. Horns um, down. I, I'm I'm so happy. It's ironic because you love the city of Austin. Oh yes, it's great. It's a great place, but the the fucking Texas. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it, man. We got one college football game left next Monday. Um, what time does that game kick off? Seven thirty. Nice. Thank now, Christ. That's what it said. Okay. I'm hoping that means the ball is on the fucking tee at 730. Yeah, my guess is 750 something. Yeah, you know? it's not. Yeah. We got to hear all of uh, you know, the coin fucking toss is going to take 16 hours. Where Where is that game being played? Houston. That's right. That's right. So, um, all right. So, here we go. Uh, I'm going to pick Michigan. I'm going to pick Michigan 30 to 28. Man. All right. I am. I can't believe I'm saying this. I am rooting for Michigan. I I'm would, rooting for Washington. I want yeah. the Big Ten to get a national championship. I want a Big Ten team to break that little curse of the SEC being the big bad guys every Didn't time. Did Ohio State win a national championship like in the last six years? It was like four years ago. Yeah, so there's no fucking curse. Go fuck off Penn State elitist or uh, Big Ten elitist. Go ahead. Keep on talking. I'm rooting for, for the Big Ten. Gotcha. However... I think Washington is that team of destiny this year, and I think they get it done. I'm going to go Washington 35, Michigan 24. So we are both picking against the teams we are rooting for. Yep. That is that is perfect fandom for you and me. We have no <laughs> like an emotional head. I know. That's no, totally what it is. No, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've stuck with Michigan all year. I thought they were the best team in the country because I thought they didn't have any flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I do think that they just I mean every t- every time you see Harbaugh he exudes confidence he does but man is he a whiner he's a fucking asshole he is such a whiner remember when I told Doug last week he just he's a little fucking yeah. p- you know petulant crybaby oh, I bet you Doug's will be happy as shit if oh he is he is he is Detroit so all right yeah. so hey one more week and then the college football season's under wraps and then we turn our attention to the portal you know and see what our <laughs> yeah. respective teams yeah, are going to do it's every, almost like free agency now it is uh, it is free agency every year every day I go to the West Virginia website and I uh, look and see who's in the portal yep you know and nobody gets in like two years ago or whenever this happened especially maybe even last year People would get so offended. Like, oh, my God, this guy went in. How are we going to do it? And everybody's like, yeah, whatever. 
So you know, door swings both ways, right. man. You know, you you, and, you you hope your core stays together, and you're going to lose guys. And there's a lot of good talent in college football players out yeah. there. Did um, you see today the Ole Miss running back who's like freshman of the year? He he's in the portal. I know. And if they can't keep him, I know. With all their resources and the amount of money he's getting paid. Yep. Like I, what the fuck? Yep. Like we're all doomed. There's 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 no team that can keep. I know. You know. I know. Yeah. All right. So, college football in the books, national title game on Monday, and this is now. Let's let's uh, let's keep it on the gridiron and let's go to the NFL. Um, so, Todd, yes, sir. Um, and then what's today? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have Ron Rivera in his uh, front office three more days. Thank God. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get smoked by. When I say we, they're gonna get smoked by Dallas. Yes, they are. And on Monday, he will be fired, and I believe Martin Mayhew will be fired, and Marty Gorney, and everybody else. All the Marty party, they're gone. Yeah. Yep. And so, I don't know if uh, uh, Jason Wright's going to survive. Don't really care, because he's, I think, more of a business side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, So... From reading the tea leaves, I follow Ben Standig a lot. He's a smart guy. He is. He's very um, connected as well. I think well. he's the smartest of all the just and from from my perspective. I tend the, to agree with the you. The smartest on that. of all the other ones. Uh, his research, I think, is, is solid. Um, and he predicts, obviously, well, every. I don't think anybody. I haven't seen anybody that thinks any of those guys are staying. Right, the guys we just the Martys no. and Ron Rivera and his coaching staff. I, I think the entire coaching staff. Yeah, gone. I think Beyond Benning is gone too. Yeah. So. So from reading the tea leaves, uh, it appears that Josh Harris will be doing the GM model. Um, yes. Like, and there's two um, franchises he's apparently trying to model, which is Philadelphia and or Baltimore. Yep. And not as he should, right? Sure. And, and Philadelphia makes sense because he owns the Sixers. It probably has relationships with all those people up there. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, he hired the uh, – his last name is Shen. He's the analytics guy. Correct. From Baltimore. Yep. And the theory is is that he wants to emulate how Baltimore does things. Mm-hmm. And so that was maybe the first hire of uh, the Dominoes. So if you're looking for – GMs and I'm ho- it, it won't be a quick hire. I mean, I want there I want there to be a GM in place on Tuesday. It's not going to be that way, right? Uh, because both most of these teams are both Philadelphia and and I think the candidates are are in the playoffs and they're not going to leave their teams, right? Or, you know, they it'd be hopefully be interviews and he'll have a decision, but um, I don't think there's going to be a quick hire. But the names that that been standing throughout. Which makes sense to me. I actually threw one of the names out to you last you week. You did, yeah. A guy named Joe Horowitz, who is the director of player personnel for the Ravens. Um, he is not the decision maker, but they call him the the college uh, talent scout guy okay. for what the Ravens does. He does the college draft, and he's the one that puts everything on a silver platter for the the GM there to make the decision. Okay. He's been there for like 20 years. Gotcha. Right. So he knows how the system works. He knows how And it's obviously been a very successful model. Obviously. So he'll he I assume he will model uh any sort of front office if he were to be hired in the way the Ravens do it. Maybe some tweaks if he doesn't like something, you know, you have some tweaks. Um but he has obviously connections to Shen. 
Um, he, uh, he's been in the area for a long time and he's interviewed for other GM positions. Most, uh, recently the giants last year, hmm. he was one of the two finalists. Interesting. Um, okay. I didn't, with, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nugget. They went with Joe showing, um, but he was, uh, one of the leading candidates for the giants. So he makes sense, um, that, you know, obviously he's been around the block um, he's got connections with the, the, the Ravens. He's a, you know, probably knows how they do things. Um, and he's been in the game a long time. So his name's Joe, Joe Horowitz. He's one guy. The next guy is a guy named Adam Peters. He's the San Francisco assistant GM. Um, he's on every, he's the top of everybody's list. Yep. He is the talent evaluator, uh, for the 49ers. Um, I always thought that, um, What's his name? John. Uh, John Lynch. John Lynch was the talent. Apparently, he's just more of a CEO type mm-hmm. stuff. This yep. is the guy who goes to the combines, who does the scouting. Yeah, Lynch does- is more like he closes the deals because of the name, the pedigree, right. his connections, that kind of thing. Yep. Right. So, um, he is he he worked previously with Martin Mayhew. Maybe Martin Mayhew uh, on his way out can give some recommendations about this guy. Uh, the guy's going to have options. Don't know if he's even wants to consider uh, Washington. I don't know if any of these guys will want to consider Washington. They may hold out for better jobs. Exactly. you got to have the dance partner. You know, um, They've got to want to come there as well, right? But he's he's a name that's thrown out with the commanders and everybody else that's going to have an opening. And then the last one is a guy we've already talked about, Ian Cunningham. Uh, he has worked with the Eagles. He has worked with the Ravens. And he's currently the assistant GM uh, with the Bears. Uh, he worked with Eugene Shen when he was with the Ravens. Okay. Uh, so that's a connection. And he's from the DMV area. So, he, so and I think he actually lived in the D.C. at some point when he gotcha. was uh, you know, playing, working, whatever. So those are great backgrounds, ties, everything else. Like you said, you, you're going to have to want – you're going to have to entice them to come here because right. on the one hand, it's almost a blank slate – you have a great draft pick. You have a number of really good, enticing draft positions this year, in addition to next year, as well as I believe they're going to have the most money have 90 available. Million, Ninety in, million dollars in cap space. In cap space. So, while the roster is poor, you got a lot of holes to fill. You have the assets to help to fill those. Mm-hmm. So that could be a really enticing, you know, thing. Right. In the short term, you're at. The dungeon of FedEx Field, shitty worst stadium in the NFL. Uh, you still have the 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 kind of hangover with the moniker of, of the Commanders and 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 all that going on. So that, you know, yeah, bad mojo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's still there's still a phase here to to rid us of the big the, the, the evil witch that there's was Daniel Snyder. There's a lot of pessim- pessimism. Exactly. Right. Every move you make is presumed to fail. Right. 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 But. Um, no, great work on the bios on all those guys. There's one more guy. Okay. So a guy named Alec Hallaby, who is the analytics guy, but he's the assistant GM for the Eagles. Um, and the thought of standing is the Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson's a hot name. He is. So if you could get in tandem of those two coming, they're with Philadelphia. You have to believe that um, – the owner knows them because he's he's an owner in the same city, right? As the front office there, so they've had to run across. Um, you know, he probably is is very tight with the uh, with the owner from the Eagles. 
um, knows Howie Roseman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so th- I think it's more likely than not that the new GM is going to be one of those four guys, and frankly, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm with you. Right. Now let me ask you this question. Do you think it's going to be a – when they're when they're able to zero in on their guy and and there's some uh, there's some feedback from his party that he's interested. Do you think at that point they say, "Hey, get in here as soon as possible," and the coach is totally up to you, or do you think they almost go in with a feeler as like a package deal, kind of like, "Hey, we want you to run the ship, and here's who we think would work really well with you on the sidelines." So what I suspect. And this is complete speculations when they meet and probably they probably already had conversations with. I'm sure they did. But when they have the formal conversations, that person will say, here are my ideas about who I'd want to bring in. Or if it's not names, I want to go with an offensive mind. I want to go with my I want my head coach to be a play caller. Mm -hmm. I don't want a defensive play caller or maybe I want a defensive guy and not an offensive guy. So I think you're going to the philosophy is you will have the type of coach you want to target, right? So if Ian Cunningham is going to take this job, he won't take the job unless he pretty much knows either he's going to pick it or who's going to be picked and he's endorsing it. Yep. Right? Yeah, he he's, gives him a short list of three or says, this is my guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and this is who I want if I come here. Got it. Right? This is who we can work with. And my guess is it's not going to be very adversarial for any of them because all four of them probably have the same people they want to bring in. It's the same <laughs> sure. names, right? Sure. So um, now, you know, the 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 Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that connection's pretty cool. Um, if you if you want to go in that direction, yep. and he's a Philly guy, I think that's that's probably a a, a legitimate option. But I think I think we to answer your question more directly. Um, I don't think either one of these four guys are coming if they don't get to make the decision. Yeah. But I think they're going to tell Josh Harris the decision during the interview, mm-hmm. and he's going to say yes or no Got it. Uh, based on that. So they'll have a pretty good idea. Now, whether or not they can get that guy. Sure. But, you know, if I don't get him, I want to get him. But I'm definitely getting an offensive guy, and Josh Harris has to go, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and those are the two names I've heard floated around is, is in terms of young, innovative coordinators is Ben Johnson from Detroit, right? Right. Is it Brian Johnson from Philly? Yeah, and then uh, Bobby Slowick from Houston, and, and and he's more of a dark horse just because of his youth. And the McDonald, the defensive coordinator from the Ravens. That's right. That's right. Um, Which I mean, they. Play, I mean, that guy know, looks like he's in high school. I know he play, played very well against the um, against the the Dolphins. However, I'm I'm not. I mean, look, what do I know? Right. Um, I just hope that they have a vision and it's a solid vision. I agree. Um, but whoever they hire as a GM, that's the alpha. Yep. Right? I mean, you can have two alphas, right? But, but You can, but no. But he's the, he's the DNA. He's the guy who says, this is the blueprint. Here's our identity. This is what we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And how many years on this podcast have I said my biggest issue with this whole fucking franchise is zero identity? Zero. Yeah. They flip flop like, like, the, like the wind, man. I mean... I, I, think, the, I think the... You know, I've obviously... I think you almost have to go an offensive coordinator. I think so too. Type because you have that's what you need to fix first. Too many teams have had recent success of, and when I say quick, quick flips, I mean it. You, you don't go in and go. We have a four year program. We have this. We have that and the other. 
you can get free agents and you have draft capital. And if you get guys on the cheap, which is what you do when you draft players that can play in the NFL right away, right. then you can spend a little more on that free agent linebacker or safety or whatever else. We've seen teams go from shitty to pretty good pretty quickly. So so when, when people are like, oh, they're going to have another shitty year next year. Well, that's what everybody thought about Houston. Right, I get it. Yeah, so, I, I get so it. So I'm not saying the quick flip is in the cards. What I'm saying is it's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, you need to hit on at least 50 of your decisions, 50% of your decisions, and Ron Rivera hits on zero, zero fucking percent zero. of it. I mean, he's the worst talent evaluator I've ever, ever seen, seen in my life. Jerry, There hasn't been years, one person he's brought in that's been any good. Four years of bringing in free agents and drafting players, and they are going to... The Washington Commanders franchise is going to be without a Pro Bowl player for the first time since 1993. Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, it is fucking pathetic. Yeah. And when he stood up at the podium yesterday and goes, well, I think our mark here is, uh, you know, we left this place better than we found it. I'm like, Dude. Well, I think, I, I, I do think his mark is going to be he survived Dan Snyder and he kept the, the he up until this year, he kept the um, football team competent. Yep. Now this year fell off, you know. It did. Um, and I think he, I think the players have given up. I think the, I think he's given up, um, and he's just ready to to finish this out. And and you know, I, and I think Josh Harris has done him right. You know, he put up with a lot of fucking shit from Dan Snyder and all the press and all that Ron Rivera did. He went through cancer. Yep. And I think he deserved to go out with some class. Mm-hmm. And they let him go out with some class. They didn't fire him in the middle of the fucking year. Yep. There was no people were upset that they didn't. Know, why would you do that? Right, right. Uh, draft position or no draft position? Why do you fire the front office? Why do you just? Why do you do that with three games left? What's the fucking point? Sure, right. Um, you you let these guys go out um, on Black Monday. That's like, right. Like everybody else, yep. and they, you know, let, thank let, you for your service. Let, let like him have said. his. Let him have his final press That's conference. Right. You carried the, the baton from this organization right. through a very tumultuous time of COVID. You personally had a tragic, you know, cancer, you know, right. bout that you survived, and you did it with professionalism, you know. Right. And and he's a good, decent human being. And he's you, a good yeah. man. And, and you you brought in players with no front office, like right. no owner. Right. Who does that? So you're a hundred percent right. At the end of the day, you're paid to win. He oh, doesn't absolutely. know how to win in this league anymore. No, the league has, has far passed him yeah. by. And and it is time to get young, offensive-minded guys in here, a la all, your, all over the place. All over the place. Right. Everywhere. Nobody should be hired for any position under 50 or over 50. <laughs> That's my opinion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's Mike Tomlin. I don't know how old he is. He's awesome. All right. <laughs> He's the man. Right now, the, the commanders hold the second pick. And everybody upon everybody's like, we got to get a quarterback. We got to get a quarterback. I want to give you some stats, and I want anybody, I challenge anybody to tell me why they should draft a quarterback at number two. I don't care who the quarterback is. Okay. Okay. Sam Howe, when he was at North Carolina, right, he threw for 92 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. His first year as a freshman, he threw for 38 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Next year, 30 and seven. Final year, and at, at that 30 and seven year, he was a projected number one overall pick. Final year, he was 24 and nine, um, threw for over 3,000 yards, but by far that was his worst year as a junior. Um, and he went in the fifth round. But the stats are he threw for 10,283 yards, 92 touchdowns, 23 picks. 
He's six foot one, two twenty. He rushed for in three years a thousand yards. Okay. Everybody's love child, Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Right? Six one, two fifteen. Comparable size. Right? He's also played three years. One for one year for Oklahoma and two for USC. He has thrown for ten thousand eighty two yards. <laughs> which is less than what Sam Howe threw for. He's thrown for 93 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Sam Howe was 92 interceptions, 23. He's rushed for 966, 966 yards. So overall, with all of his hoopla, his stats are almost identical to Sam Howe. His touchdown to interception ratio is almost identical. His passing yards is almost identical. His height is identical, and his weight is almost identical. Tell me why he would be any better if you plugged, if you took Sam Howe out and put him in. He wouldn't. It'd be a failure. My man Drake May. Drake six, May. 6'5", 220. Yep. Big kid. He's big, a big kid. kid. He has thrown for 8,000 yards in three years. 63 touchdowns and 16 uh, interceptions. He's thrown for far less touchdowns than Sam Howe and about the same amount of interceptions. Um, he has rushed for 1,200 yards as opposed to the 1,000 yards, so he has a little bit more rushing yards. Big frame, uh, but his he, last this year he went 24-9, and nine, which is comparable to Sam Howe's last year, which put him in the fifth round. So other than being 6'5", 220, I'm wondering why he's viewed as being so much better than Sam Howe was out of college. The point being is... If you bring any of these guys in and start them week one, they're going to struggle. 100%. I would stay away from Caleb Williams as far as I – because I think he's got some off-the-field baggage that he's a diva. He is. Um, I don't know anything about Drake May, um, but the bottom line is if you're picking number two and someone wants to trade up and get that pick and give you picks and you can stay in the top ten, you got to do that 100 times out of 100. Because right. these guys are not they're, – they're not going to change your seasons. <clears throat> you do not need to convince me. I'm not going to argue the, the counterpoint. I can't do it. <clears throat> um, my personal preference is we sit back and see who is drooling over Drake May or Jane Daniels or, or Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. Or J- yeah, or Jalen Daniels. You're right. And uh, there's going to be a team like New England or Atlanta or somebody in that of that ilk they think we're just one quarterback away. That's right. And they're going to be – I think they're both picking in that five, six, seven range. And they are going to swap ones, give you next year's number one, this year's number two, what, whatever the whatever, right, whatever the, 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 hall the draft is. capital yeah. comps are, and you are going to get a king's ransom, and you're still going to wind up with one of the best two offensive linemen. Right. That's, that's, that's my right. preference. Here's what I would say to the new GM who should come on the podcast. <laughs> if you're listening, brother, <laughs> draft the best fucking player. If you if you can't trade down, if you can trade down, do exactly what you said mm-hmm. and 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 get the get the picks. Try to stay in his top ten so you can get a good player. Yep. I mean, you can get a good player anywhere, but but the player you've targeted. Mm-hmm. If for some reason you're at number two and you can't trade down, you just tell me with all of your scouting and all your geniusness, right? Who's the fucking franchise player? Right. And I don't give a shit what position you're talking about. If it's Marvin Harrison from Ohio State, draft him. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we work it out. If he's going to walk in and be a top eight receiver in the league from jump, 
Take him. I don't give a shit if you have Terry McLaurin. I don't give a shit if you have Jahan Dotson. I don't care what you've done because now you have a guy who is bust free. We've always said that. We said that with Chase Chase Young, and he's obviously bust a bull, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if that person exists because I am not paid to devote my life to the draft. I wish I was. <laughs> right? I wish I could go. We could all dream. And I would talk to my wide receivers coach, and I would say, tell me what about him is, is generational. Right? right? If there's a generational talent, regardless of position, you take him. That's what I think they need to do. I do not think Caleb Williams is a generational talent at quarterback. I don't think Drake May is either. I'm not really sure why they're better than the others. Mm-hmm. Why is he better than Michael Penix? I don't know. I'm not a quarterback's coach. Right. But when I see him play, that guy can make plays, but he's at the bottom of the first round. So what am I taking Caleb Williams for? I'm, I'm with you. Right. So I go back to years ago. It was one of one of the tertiary guys on the ESPN panel. He was a younger talent evaluator, and he worked with Mel Kuyper for a little while. He helped Mel Kuyper Mel, like, help teach him how to scout and do a bunch of other things. And he was more of a numbers guy right? as well as a talent evaluator. And he said, drafting for quarterback is such an inexact science. And he said, the variation between your top three or four guys that, that get over – praised every year and that guy in the fourth or fifth round that's still coming from a legit d1 program it's got the size got the pedigree he said the chances that one guy is significantly more successful than the other are so minute that these teams simply get the kool-aid like forced down their throat every year and feel like i can't miss on this guy when the reality is the chances that you're going to hit on him are still very, very low. Right. So his advice was, he goes, if I am a GM of a, of a team and I've got six or seven picks every single year in the draft, one of those picks is going to be a quarterback every single year. Every year. Yeah. Every year. Right. And for every guy that you don't hit on, like a Caleb Williams, and the jury's still out on guys like Justin Fields and Bryce Young and these kinds of guys – there's a Kirk Cousins in the third or fourth round. Or there's, you know, these other guys. And if you if you consistently have your your monitor out there, which is why all these Washington fans are like, well, if we don't draft a quarterback, then Sam Howell did what if Michael Penix plummets to the second round? Right. And what if you go, well shit, we got two second round picks. Exactly. And, and they're back to back. And what if we go offensive line, wide receiver, Michael Penix? Or what like, if what if we trade down to fifteen? And then pick up a second. Now we have three second-round picks. Boom. Maybe we take Michael Penix at 15, and now you can get all your linemen and all that stuff. Exactly. And, and with, with the thought being that it is such an inexact science and the, 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 the risk rate is so high and the, the rate of return is such a big unknown, even for these guys that have the pedigree, I'm with you. I think you take – obviously, you have to have – you've got to have a trade partner. Everybody that wants to trade down like you and me, it's a wonderful theory, but you got to have the right partner. Yeah, you got you got to have someone who's willing to pay the piper. Exactly. The good thing though is that if you're if you're Chicago, you're either trading down or you're drafting Marvin Harrison because you're, you're going to keep Justin Fields. That seems to be what they're right? going to do. That or, seems or to be. some player other than they're right. not going to draft the quarterback if you're going to keep right. Right. Uh, so either you're doing that, and then one of the quarterbacks going if you. If you select the player, that means Washington has both quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, available for a for a trade. 
and that's the best scenario you can have. Um, let's for, let's fast forward to the Ravens. Fucking dominated, dominated the Dolphins. They destroyed them. They are peaking. I mean, they have beaten in the past two weeks the 49ers, thirty-three and nineteen, and yep. it wasn't even that close. And the Ravens, or the uh, they beat the Dolphins fifty-six to nineteen, and two both teams are considered to be Super Bowl contenders. I know. So the Ravens have locked up the number one seed uh, throughout the AFC. So the title will go through Baltimore. Um, and they're playing the Steelers, who have a 24% chance to make the playoffs. I'm thinking it's a 100% chance they're going to make the playoffs because they're the fucking Steelers and they always make the playoffs. So whatever <laughs> needs to happen, I don't even know what needs to happen, but whatever needs to happen, it's going to happen because the Ravens aren't going to play anybody. Right. I think they will play Lamar for like a series or two. I heard I, I heard on the radio he's not playing. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I think I was they, just, they named Huntley the starter. Okay, because Rod Woodson said three weeks is too long. I, so that's my only beef. And, and God, this always happens, man. You get a team that peaks in week 15, 16, 17, 18. You get, this is the time to peak, and then you go, well, now shit. Now you have to, to play the waiting game. I think they didn't want to play him. I think it's because it's going to snow. It's going to be snow mm. on the ground, and it's going to be slippery. And you, you, you know, I was thinking they just pull him out there, right, hand the ball off uh, two or three times, throw some quick slants, some, some, some quick Keep throws, the rhythm, keep the get game him day out, prep t- going. Let, it, let him yeah. take eight snaps and then be done. Sure. But maybe with the snow, they said, fuck it, we're not even going to try it. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. It, it was, it was mid-fourth mid quarter. Or it was early fourth quarter on, uh, on the game the other night, and I'm screaming for them to pull him out of the game. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is he in there? Yeah, I know. And George, George is watching with me. He's a Ravens fan. He's like, Dad, you know, um, Miami can score quick. And I'm like, buddy, yeah. this, this game is dead and gone. I think, uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, I think they keep him in. Uh, they that. You can call plays where you're not extremely worried about injuries, sure. Right, quick passes. Um, you know, you're you, you're not gonna you're not running quarterback draws. You're probably telling him throw it away instead of running, even if it's first down. Just just I'd be I would just be off. afraid because Pittsburgh's so nasty. Oh. I would be afraid T.J. Watt gets free on the end, and you're going for a quick hitter, and next thing you know, there's a concussion or well, something like well, that. Well, if you rest Lamar, you got to rest everybody else. There's no reason to play somebody, especially on defense, right? right. Who who can get dinged up? Mm-hmm. So I suspect Pittsburghers will be playing against guys from like you know maybe even Jake Funk. Jake Funk might play, I, and that's why I told George. I said Funk might get a sweater this May, game. Maybe he gets active, yeah, um, which is cool. I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game because they need to win the game, and whatever needs to happen, and I don't know what it is, they're going they're going to they're going to get in, um, and then the Ravens are going to have to sit, you know, the, sit for a week, mm-hmm. and then play the next week. It's a long time to sit. A little bit concerning, uh, but I still think it's a smart. It's a smart play. I think it's the wise move because if if there's eight inches of snow and the field is slippery, right now, uh, you know, if God well, it's forbid, sounding like this, the the whole snowstorm is going to be a bust. Sounds like it's just going to be rain. I, my, I I haven't looked. Um, but either way, conditions are less than ideal. Right and. Uh, the game means nothing as far as seating goes for the Ravens, and I think conventional wisdom is needs to overrule here. And I yeah. think, you know, I really just think you 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 don't even worry about it. You just you don't even take that risk, no matter how small. Um, and, and apparently that's what they're going to do. All right, Todd. Todd. All right, we got a couple minutes left. What you got for me, Jerry? Let's talk about the Caps real quick. Um, back to back. Beat Pittsburgh in one of the weirdest games I've ever I've ever so watched. So bizarre. Uh, and then last night they just ran out of gas. 
yeah. um, against the Devils, your team. Yep. Um, so where they stand, I mean, they're such a fucking log jam. It's almost, I mean, they they are what four points away from being in last place, or not? I'm on forget Columbus, but yeah. second to last place, and then they're like four points away from being second. So it's such a log jam. So. Um, we're 36 games in for the Caps. Now, they have quite a few games in hand with a lot of the teams around them. They do. But, but they're 36 games in, so that means that they are almost at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. They're projected based on their standings and how they've been playing. They're going to sit somewhere around 90 to 92 points when it's all said and done. That'll probably get you anywhere from 8th to 11th. Right. Um, I personally don't think they're making the playoffs. I, I- think they need a couple essential parts and pieces, and I don't know that those parts and pieces are going to be available via trade deadline this year. Right. So I think this team, they may make a handful of moves, but I don't think they're going to be big-time moves. So I think what you have, they they are what they are right now. Right. They are a team that is tough to play against when they're clicking, when they're getting good goaltending play, they're playing their system, they can grind out tough wins against you. When they're not playing well and the goaltending is suspect, they get blown out. It is why their goal differential is not favorable. Right. That's not a recipe for success over the course of 82 games. No. So I think think this team is what it is. And quite honestly, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Well, I wish it would be better. I wish it would too. But I would like to see them in the second half start to get Ovi going. I'd, I'd rather them... If they're going to end up in 10th or 11th place, I'd rather them do that with Ovi on a heater to end yeah. the year. Yeah, I hear you about that. Um, again, I could be completely wrong. They could go into you know, the all-star break, and Carberry could get with McClellan, and he could go, hey, I love Oshi, I love Koozie. I don't give a fuck if we get a bag of pucks. Get them out of here. I want to play a bunch of young guys. We're going to push for the playoffs because that's what we're going to do, and I'm going to ride Lindgren and – and Kemper, and we're just going to try and bully our way into the eight seed to get some success. How long is Langren out for? He's not on long-term IR, so it's, it's, it's one of those. But this is the second time this year right. he's, he's missed time. When he's on, I think he's more of a lights-out goalie than Kemper. I think Kemper's your more steady guy. Well, we don't have um, any back-to-backs. Um, so we play on the 5th tomorrow. Uh, we got four straight home games. Uh, Carolina, L.A., Seattle, Rangers. Not easy. Nope. Um, but all at home and no back-to-backs, which means you're going to see a lot of camper. Um, I, out of those eight, I'm predicting three. You think you're going to get three points? I'm going to say five. You'll say five? I think I get five points. I uh, think they're going to grind out an ugly win that they shouldn't. They're right. going to lose a game they probably should, and then I think they're going to find themselves in overtime. Yeah, you know game. what? You know, I'm a, I'll go four. I'll go four. I think they're going to go two and two. I think the Rangers game is going to be on ESPN on a Saturday is going to be a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, it could because, be. Because both teams have blown each other out once, mm-hmm. and now it's just a grudge match. Yeah, it you could know? be. It it's could t- be. They don't like each other, uh, and the, the Caps will be rested. Yeah. So we'll see. I think that's going to be a, a very physical game. Um, you know, uh, they, they've lost five out of six. Mm-hmm. Some overtime losses, but yep, um, well, they got completely fucked in the Nashville game. Yeah, so I was watching it at a bar with no sound, and I saw the the goal, mm-hmm. uh, and I was extremely happy. I saw the replay, 
I was extremely happy that, that there was nothing to worry about. <laughs> and then um, I saw one replay where it looks like he's fine, he's fine, he's fine, and then he sticks his ass in him or something. Um, and then I was like, well, uh, okay. And then they were fucking taking forever. It was complete horseshit. They, well, I mean, what was, was Craig Lachlan losing a shit? Uh, kind of. So, so they called goalie interference, and they, they said that the contact prevented him from getting a push in order to, to make a save. Right. Technically, that's fine. My only issue is the left skate of the goalie was out of the crease. That's not his, that's not his territory. Right. If that's the push he needs to make to make the save, that, that's, that's neutral ground. No, right. Nobody owns that space. It's like the little hemisphere in the NBA. It's like, oh, that was a charge. Yeah, but the dude's standing, it, he's standing in the, in the circle, so it doesn't right. fucking matter, you know? Right. Um, so I, I, that, that's what I didn't understand. Um, more importantly, selfishly, you don't take that fucking goal off the board with Ovi. Without sorry, <laughs> right? That's what, what I'm saying. What the fuck is going like on? Like the the magic that that created. That could have been the spark for him. Sure, place but, was going nuts. Yeah. Late a late winner, and instead it goes to overtime. Then the shootout, and then they don't get the second point. Right. So yeah, I, I think that that kind of lost its luster a little bit. It br- it, w- it was a brutal it was a brutal way to lose. Yeah. Um, so well, let's hope let's hope they can. I mean, if they're going to make a run for the playoffs, they need to start putting together some wins, and it's not just win here, lose here, win yep. here, lose here. They got to start getting some consecutive wins. I just think this blueprint of of the way they want to play is is solid going forward, but I don't think they have the personnel they don't have, to be a whole lot better than they are. Yeah, they're so, old. Again, if they if they can find their way into the playoffs, it's because they got good goaltending. It's because some of the young guys are continuing to contribute. McMichael looks good. McMichael looks great. Um, Obey Q Bell looks really good. Yeah. Um, Protus is playing very well. What did uh, the the coach said that he was like the, their best player? I mean, dude, he's 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 lights out out there, man. He's right. playing really really well. Willie looks good. Um, Kuzi, when he's interested, looks fine. Um, that pass, by the way, from Ovi to Kuzi last night was unreal. Yeah. Ovi can fucking play hockey, man. Oh, of he's, course. He's the best we'll ever see. Jesus Christ. Best athlete we'll ever see in our Good lifetime. Lord. And then he absolutely trucked some dude last night. Right. <laughs> Threw him into the second row. It was great. Um, but, you know, they are what they are. My sobering prediction is that they don't make the playoffs. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not fun to watch. And, you know, I'm rooting. Well, rooting if they for can them. unload some salary. And that's where I'm going with the koozie and yeah. uh, and love Oshi and and I know it, your girls are going to be pissed at me, but yeah, if you can I, you if know. if you can get rid of yeah. that contract, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to maybe either. to a contender, maybe maybe, but all right, all right, man. Well, it is 2024. Let's go. Let's um, go. I'm still writing 2023 on my checks. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the uh, the college football ends up. We'll see how our our great predictions go and. Uh, Next week at this time, let's hope we're talking about uh, a new coaching staff uh, on its way for the Commanders. We will definitely, we will definitely have something to talk about. I'm excited about it. Me too. It's the best right. time of the year. Cheers, wings, beers, and tears. Peace. Later.